hey, Jim, look around the room right now. Everyone is here because of you. The moment I heard those words, it changed everything for me. And yet it changed nothing because I truly am what I always felt I was. I'm the connector. That clarity is what brings me to you and what drives this show, the Remote Start Podcast. Here, I connect my lifelong passion for bringing people together with my love of business and branding in hopes that these talks might better connect your community with what your company is all about. So let's figure out your brand. Let's figure out the target audience you want to serve and how we can use these two things to create an incredibly strong community for your business. I'm your host, Jim Doyon. Let's get something started. Remote Start Nation. In past episodes, we've dug deep into a lot of topics that help us to be the best versions of ourselves. In fact, recently, we had the privilege of learning from Janet Harvey on how we can use mindset when overcoming risks or resistance. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend shuffle back, give it a listen after you get through this one. Today, I have a very special guest. I want to continue the conversation and discussion on self-leadership. And whether you're in a leadership role in your own business or leading others as an employee, self-leadership is very powerful and something I know for me personally, I'm constantly trying to improve on. So today, I'm excited to have Dr. Benjamin Ritter on our episode. As we hear his story, not only on becoming an entrepreneur, but we're going to deep dive into the power of self-leadership. So with that said, Dr. Benjamin, I want to welcome you to the Remote Start Nation. It's an honor. And uh, well, yeah, welcome to the show, my man. I'm pumped to be here chatting with another self-leader. So I'm really excited to dive into the topic and also maybe hear some of your stories around this concept. Awesome. I'd love it. So tell us to get started. You know, what did you do before you started your own business? Tell us your journey. How'd you get to where you are today? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll give you the, the smaller version. If you want the larger version, at least in resume format, check out my LinkedIn profile, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. I actually have an entry on that that talks about all the odd jobs I've had in the past. As for me, work has been kind of this, I want to do it and make money, but I also want to have fun at the same time. And I also want to ensure that it helps me gain certain new characteristics and traits about myself. So you'll see, like I bartended for 10 years, but it was for multiple reasons. I wanted to learn how to be more social. I wanted to get into places without having to wait or need tickets. I want like certain status. I wanted to make sure that I was meeting new people, developing a community. I wanted to make sure that I paid for my doctorate, but there are a variety of other things. Like I worked as a production assistant at a bunch of music festivals in Chicago because well, initially I wanted to get a ticket for my ex-girlfriend at the time, but I also ended up wanted to, I wanted to be in that scene. I wanted to learn about it. And so a lot of the different jobs that I've had were because I was interested in something and then found a way to get paid for it while I was learning about it. Now, when I moved into coaching, I actually was running a coaching practice at the time, which I wasn't really interested in. And I was working as a healthcare executive as a manager of business operations, which I was actually also not interested in. So my professional world was pretty much filled with disengagement, resentment, frustration. I was going into work not to work. And if you're a business owner and don't care about your job, don't care about your business, it's not going to go very far. If you're a working professional and don't care about your job, you're not going to go very far. And so basically I was wasting time. 
and I was a victim to my job. I was a victim to the organizations. I was basically waiting for them to make me happy. Mm. I was waiting for something to happen for me to be like, great, I made it. Things worked out. And I think I got to that point though, because throughout my professional career, despite the fact that I was able to get jobs and have interesting experiences, the things that I really wanted didn't really work out. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. That didn't work out. I initially wanted to get a nutrition major and become a dietitian. They canceled my major. I was working in health policy for the Illinois Department of Public Health. They lost federal funding and they had to let me go. I got four different job offers, all signed on a dotted line, one from the CDC, a couple from other healthcare providers. They lost funding, canceled the job after I signed, signed on with them. And so pretty much throughout my career, I kind of had this limiting belief and story that developed over time. Hey, things aren't going to work out. <laughs> what do you, yeah. what you find is the thing that works out. Lo and behold, that is not the best mentality to have. It is not the mentality of a self-leader and it doesn't lead to success. And, you know, I used that mentality to start other businesses. And of course they weren't successful, despite no matter how much work and effort you put into them, there's this missing component of really accepting the fact that you're the reason why it's going to be successful. And so luckily I woke up, I was walking into work one day, dreading going into work again. And I'm, I'm really serious. I was going into work, not to work. People would come have a conversation with me. I'd figure out an excuse not to talk to them because I didn't see the point in having the conversations. I would skip out midday to go to lunch, quote unquote, really I went to the gym for two hours. Yeah. I would walk around the block just to avoid being seen by anyone in the office. And it was, it was completely unhelpful for my, for building career capital and for my success. And that mentality also didn't help me be creative, innovative, and really figure out ways to make my business a success or figure out the business that I really wanted to create. So when I had this little epiphany to say, hey, it looks like everyone around me feels the same way. Why are we doing this to ourselves? Why are we actually creating this environment for ourselves? Because we are responsible. I was able to then step back and say, if I am responsible, what is it I want to focus on? What is it I need to do? How do I make the most of my environment right now? How do I nudge my environment to be best fit for me? And that eventually led to me realizing my true interests in talent development in leadership development and my strength in coaching. And so then I built a new path for myself forwards. That was back probably in 2015, 16, where I had that idea and got out of my doctorate in 2018 while I was already running Live For Yourself Consulting and just took it from there. That's an incredible story. With Live For Yourself Consulting, did you, did you start off, did you know that's what you really wanted to do was consult and, and coach? Like, you felt that, but did you just go after and start getting clients right away? Like, how did that, how did that all build up? So I knew from previous experiences, because I actually was a dating and relationship coach prior to deciding to go into Live For Yourself Consulting and more career and leadership coaching and consulting, because I also did internal work at the time and corporate workshops and speaking. So I knew how to build a coaching practice. So that was really helpful. I knew I had an interest in personal and professional development. But I didn't want to invest a bunch of time and energy into something that I didn't feel was aligned with who I was as an individual, something yeah. that I could be proud of walking into a room being like, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. Because it actually hurt. It was really painful to throw away five and a half years of work. I had a podcast. I was writing for Ask Men and Men's Health. Like I had a pretty big brand in the space and was doing a lot of cool things. But to realize then, really late in the game, that Oof, I probably don't want to do this anymore 
took me about a year and a half to rebrand in my in my local community. And that was a painful and a great lesson to learn, hey, before you start something, you don't have to do a bunch of work planning the business. You don't have to do, you know, because really, honestly, if one should be focused on just generating revenue initially and making sure that your product actually works and your service actually fits a market need or creating that need. But you do have to be sure that you want to create it and you're not yeah. creating it for some reason outside of yourself. And my first business I actually created because when I was on my own personal journey, part of that was getting comfortable being uncomfortable, which involved as a guy who was not confident, who wasn't social, going out by himself and just being outside talking to people. And one time I was out at a bar by myself talking to a group of people and somebody stopped and said, hey, Ben, you know what you're doing? You're really good at it. You need to meet my boss. And so I met his boss the next day and he hired me to basically be a, a men's coach across the United States. And so that was my first kind of taste of coaching. And I was like, great, this is really interesting. I got to learn your business model. I got to do something that I love and that I thought I cared about, but I didn't like his business practices. So then about after a year of working for him, I said, I still have something I want to give to this community, but I don't want to do it with him. Yeah. So how do I do that? And that's when I learned how to launch a coaching business. I actually wrote a book and I I kind of self-published the book and realized that no one knew who I was. So I had to build a business to sell the book. <laughs> and that's where I learned how to start actually being a coach and, and building a service-based business. But I never stopped to say, is this what I want to do after tomorrow? Yeah. And so with this next business, I didn't actually, like I didn't go, great, talent development. I'm going to launch a consulting practice. That was not at all what I did. I go, great, talent development. I have a job right now. I want experience. I want to make sure that this is what I want to do. I'm going to go to my boss and ask them if I can do this type of work here. So I went to the VP who was a terrible leader at the time, but she did listen. And she gave me the AOK -okay to go work with that corporate department within our system. We had 13 hospitals in our system and there was a talent development function. And so they actually said yes. And I started working on some projects with them. Not the end of the story because they got, we got acquired for the third time and everyone I was working with got fired and all the products I was working on got centralized. So I go, great, that path didn't work out. What's my next, next path? Go, great. I need to learn about this industry. So I tried to go look for a job. Didn't know what I knew now in terms of how to enter the market and get a position that didn't work. And the opportunities that I got were a huge step back. So then the next option was, okay, I could start a business, but again, just like no one hired me for this position for a job, obviously I need to figure out a way to get people to answer the door when I come knocking. Yeah. So I wanted to dive further into the space. So that's when I started pursuing doctorate degrees. And I tested a bunch of those out. I volunteered in labs. And so you see, this is a longer process than just, this is what I want to do. I'm going to go do it. It's right. trying different paths to see if they work and if they align with who you are. The path that aligned the most was going back to get my doctorate, come in an expert in the space, basically reading academic articles nonstop, doing my own research, publishing that. But about in the, into the first quarter of my program on an airplane, going into class, that's when I had kind of my epiphany to say, okay, Ben, what has been responsible for your clients and for your self-success when it comes to being a self-leader, creating fulfillment in your life? And that's when I wrote down the acronym LIVE, life, intentions, values, and expectations, and built my first decision-making framework and decided to launch Live For Yourself Consulting. But that in itself has evolved over time, like through my program and through what I 
at, through my own expertise and through my own engaging engagement with clients. Like the first tagline for Live For Yourself Consulting was take back control of your life. Mm. Because for me, that's what I felt was important, but the market didn't. So actually right. with Live For Yourself Consulting, I went through about three different variations of what am I selling? Because I learned what people want to buy. Now, it still had the same framework underneath it in terms of self-leadership, which that actually evolved through my experience with clients in terms of the three C's of self-leadership and what I, how I work with clients. But it was almost like these constant mini tests to make sure that I didn't end up in a place that I didn't feel aligned, that I was actually selling something that the market needed that was going to be sustainable and scalable over time. I love that. You hit on something that I, I really want to go back to in, in Remote Start Nation. This, this to me, I know you've heard me talk about this in previous episodes and Dr. Benjamin, I want to hear your thoughts even deeper on this, but it started with you finding something that you were passionate about. It started with you finding something that you knew you wanted to do. It was your why. You knew you could help people. You started to help people. You got feedback on what you were doing was you were successful in before you made the decision, before you jumped. And then even then you went in and you, you honed in on your expertise before just making the decision to go full forward with it, right? Yeah, and I was able to do that though because I leveraged risk. So I, I always had multiple streams of income and I was making six figures bartending and I was also had a full-time job working in healthcare. And I knew what levers to pull to see if this was gonna work. Yeah, like I, I mentioned this in the beginning, all the business planning doesn't matter if you can't get a client. Right. So when I, I went out there and I sold, I sold and I sold and I sold and I see what people wanted to buy and I increased prices when people decided to buy. And then I also made sure I was talking to my target. So I built my business initially off of in-person events. I was able to build partnerships with WeWorks and other event spaces that let me use their space for free which also lets you market it for free because they have an internal community and membership, which you could also then market outside of it. I was able to reach out to a bunch of consumer packaged goods like Better For You products, get free snack bars, free food, free drinks, and then also get speakers for free around certain topics because, hey, I'm hosting this event, gonna promote you at it. We're gonna get 50 to 80 people there, all to listen to you for 10 to 12 minutes. Come on in. And then also I would get on stage and have the opportunity to connect with the audience. And then I would facilitate networking and communi community building within that space. That was the first way I built my email list. That's the first way I figured out what people wanted to buy. And so because of that, and now with the global, global shutdown, I actually moved everything virtual. And it was probably the best thing I was able to do for my business just in terms of building that email list still and community and reach. Uh, and now eventually, now actually I get all my, a lot of my clients from referrals and just SEO people just inbound instead of outbound. Yeah. But when you are able to immerse yourself into the people that might want to buy from you and then also test things out, you, you learn along the way. And if, if you understand that you need to adapt and learn with the market, but not react to it, because too often I see entrepreneurs go, oh, this didn't work. I'm like, you talk to five people, right? No, like go talk to 500. Go talk to a thousand and what percentage of those people were, were interested. Do you know their full pain points? Are you able to talk to them and leave the, like, and actually have them say, oh, this person understands me better than I understand myself. Then you're ready. Then you got something. Then you can 
then you can sell that really well. But so to sum it all up, I leveraged risk, made sure I had other income, I immersed myself and developed a community, and I did many tests. But most importantly, going all the way back, I knew my values. I knew yeah. what I really cared about. I knew what my strengths were as a, as a professional. Because when you know what those are, the how you do things and the what you do can change because you'll still be fulfilled if it aligns with who you truly are at your core. And when it came to coaching and personal and professional development, that mattered to me because one, I went through it. I had terrible leaders where my coworkers were coming to me crying. I was a high achiever at work that was super disengaged and nobody noticed and nobody cared. I received uh, about six months of free life coaching from a federal grant for public health professionals. So I got to experience coaching. I was in a 16-month leadership training program and actually had my own leadership coach. I didn't know that position existed, by the way, until I met him. And then my, like that light bulb kind of went off. I had experience yeah. in personal development and coaching that way and built a different coaching practice for five and a half years. So it's like you look back and go, what am I drawn to? What, gives, what lights a spark up in me? And then how do I leverage those strengths and skills to also encompass the challenges I want to face in the future? And then how do I make that a professional myself? How the how and the what again can change if you keep that foundation. I love that, and it and you've said it like on your journey, you've switched, you've switched your mission three times, you switched your what you're trying to do three different times, but it was because you didn't sit back and try to make it perfect the first time. You went out and and you got your feet wet. You you learned. You asked the questions, and so often we see entrepreneurs, and you said this already that. It's like you want to make it perfect or you sit back and you, you don't really know your customer. You're not in front of 500 people asking them what it is. And that's what you should be focusing on the most. Once you understand your why and understand like where you're passionate about and your values are, now get out and start taking it to market. Try to get people to buy it. Yeah, with the tagline piece, I think it's important. So the foundation of what I was selling stayed the same. Like I had yeah. the same framework. Uh, the live framework, which actually did adapt to the three C's of self-leadership just due to the fact that I figured out that people could be more successful if, if I focused on those pillars instead. But the, the way I worked with clients stayed the same, but how I messaged it changed based on the reactions from the market. And that's mm -hmm. what's so critical to understand that we have to be a little bit flexible to really understand how do people interpret what I'm telling them? And not everyone's going to interpret differently, but Generally, does the majority understand what I'm selling or does my ideal client understand it? Because I'd go to someone and I'd say a tagline and they go, well, that's not how I define it. I don't resonate with that. Great. What do you resonate to? And maybe you don't ask them that specifically, but you ask them about what they're struggling with, what they want to achieve. You pull out those keywords. You look at those keywords and say, how does this, for, how does this create messaging? And I mean, it's just marketing, right? It's like right. when you go to sales, why does someone buy from you? They buy from you because they trust you, period. So for someone to trust you, there's different pieces of that. It's they understand my problem. They have a solution. I believe that solution can work for me, period. It's just like, it is that simple, but they have to think that you understand them. So you have to be able to understand them, which means you have to use words that they understand. Because a lot of times I'll work with someone that wants to start their own business and they're speaking in words that they themselves believe are important, but their target client doesn't. Yeah. So true. So tell me, tell me more right now, live for yourself consulting. Who is your client? 
who do you work with and, and see the best results for? Yeah, so I work with senior leaders, kind of you're looking at your director to COO, CEO. Uh, so I have some clients that are C-suite and also some that want to become C-suite that are stuck at work. They just, they've been successful professionally, but they don't feel successful. They feel something is missing. Usually what happens if they, they've changed jobs maybe in the past year or two, thinking that changing the job was going to fix things, but they still have the same stories. Leadership sucks. I have no free time. I'm overworked. I'm underutilized. I don't feel meaning for my work. And so they're trying to figure out what to do next that is going to lead them to a greater level of fulfillment, presence, some more time, right, and energy for their personal life and their professional life. And honestly, a lot of them think that the solution is to build another income stream, right, to launch their own business. And they've been thinking about this for a while, but something is holding them back. And most of the time when it comes to the things that hold my clients back, it's fear and it's self-doubt. And those are the same things that hold them back in their professional life, in their nine to five, right? Working, working in a corporate environment. Because if you go in every day and you're afraid and you doubt yourself, you're going to do things that don't serve you. Not to mention, if you don't really know what you should be doing, talk about being stuck. Talk about being in an ambiguous environment. Talk about stress. And so I work with those clients to help them really define what it is they want to create in their career make sure that their executive presence and brand aligns with that. And then we figure out how they want to actually bring that to the world professionally, either outside of an organization or even in an organization. I'm very much of the opinion, if you know what you love to do, then you can craft an environment in any situation to be fulfilling for yourself. Mm. You know, and when we talk about safety and leveraging risk, so you think about this as a consultant, let's say someone comes up to you and I might lose some people here because this is a personal belief. And this happened to me actually a year and a half ago. You go to a, you go to a potential consulting client, pitch them an idea and they really want to work with you, but they go, look, I love that you have your own business. I want you to keep running your own business, but we want more of you. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay you three times what you want to charge me as a consultant. I'm going to give you benefits. I'm going to give you a 401k match. I'm going to give you a limited PTO, but I want you to be a W2 employee with me. You can still run your business, but this is what I want from you. Would you say yes? And it's, and it's like this, when I work with entrepreneurs, a lot of them will be like, hell no, terrible idea, hate it. And I go, great, tell me why. Yeah. And some people have true reasons, right? They have this innate value and distaste they have this desire to only be on their, on their own. But some people just have this limiting belief that's built up over time because they've had really bad leaders in really terrible corporate environments that they can never have the work life they want working for somebody else. And I just don't like leaving money on the table. And I don't like leaving experiences on the table because when I was running my own business and then this happened to me and I popped into an organization for a little bit, Man, the, the, my brand shot up because now I was able to talk from an internal perspective and a consultant perspective. I got more speaking engagements. I got on more podcasts. I got people from the industry, from that organization that became clients. And then I left, right? And so you think about it now, like what can you do in your career today 
to help your career tomorrow. And if something comes up as an opportunity that is going to be financially a good idea, it's not going to jeopardize anything that you've built so far. You're going to learn from it. You should give it a second thought sometimes. That's great advice. And I, I don't think you lost anybody there because I think that is remote start nation. If you have an opportunity and Dr. Benjamin, like you said, like it's, if it's in line with what you're doing and if you maximize it, you're, you're going to benefit yourself. And if not, go back to where you were and you're not going to lose anything from it. One of the things that I work with clients on when they're looking for a new position, but also trying to launch their own business is to look at every offer as an opportunity. Right. And that means that if someone wants you to work for them full-time, but you don't want to work full-time, ask them to work part-time. If you don't want to work part-time, but you want to work for a six-week engagement, ask them to work a six-week engagement. If you want to make a certain amount of money, ask for that type amount of money. It, it's like, we have these thoughts and ideas in our head of what we want to ask for, but we don't do them. A self-leader goes, this is who I am. This is what I'm capable of. This is what I want to try to be capable of, and I'm going to go for it. Why? Because it's going to serve me. I don't, I'm not going to offend anyone by asking for something different. You're just having a conversation. Self-leaders have the conversations that other people don't have. So let's talk about that. Let's get into self-leadership and, you know, to start it off and you just kind of hit on this, but let's define what, what self-leadership means. So self-leadership, actually, you know what? How about we build off of a definition together? So when you hear the word self-leadership, what comes up for you? I think, what am I doing to be the best version of myself? What am I, how am I pushing myself? What am I doing daily to make myself better so then I can make the surrounding self or the surrounding team around me or my family or whatever it is, I can make them better because I'm making myself better. Mm -hmm. You're taking care of yourself. You're leading yourself. I asked your question. Oh, all right. So when you say it that way, let me, I'm, I am doing the things in my life to be the best version of myself. So then I think I can make everybody else around me better. Is that, mm -hmm. am I off or am I on? No, I think you got some parts of it because you, for you, that's self-leadership. I think that's important. I, and I don't want to judge anyone that doesn't want to push themselves forward. Because if you, for, for you yourself, your vision for your, for your own life and your career is to continue doing what you're doing and not improve. And you choose not to improve, then you're leading yourself. And from what you're sharing with me, it's you have a very distinct direction that you want to go in your life and nothing's holding you back to get there. And that is 100% what self-leadership is. It's you have the clarity of knowing who you are and what you want to create. You have the confidence, the belief that you're going to be able to get there. And you create an environment around yourself to make that possible. You know what you can can't control. You know what you can't. And you focus on things that you can. So self-leadership is just truly living for yourself, right? Hence the name of the company. It's yeah. saying... This is who I want to be. And it, that's okay. That's okay that this is who I want to be. And it's okay that maybe you want me to be someone different or somebody else wants me to be somebody different. Like that meeting that gets scheduled at seven o'clock at night when you have a client call. Sorry, I have a, I have a prior engagement. 
you know, I'm going to take that client call. That's self-leadership. It's having boundaries. It's built in it. It's also creating that environment, focusing on certain relationships that all serve you. So how does that tie into as leaders, how do we become better self-leaders? What do we do? Mm -hmm. What are the, what are the steps? I can't tell you how many clients I, I start working with and go, I can't do that. I can't say that to my leader. I can't say no to this. I can't ask to work on this project. I can't say no to this project. Or as entrepreneurs, I have to take that client. I can't cancel this call. I can't take a vacation. I have to go to this event. I don't know how to do this. I have too much to do. I can't do everything. So we have, we basically self-leadership goes, take all those excuses, take them all away. And what do you really want to do? And so in leadership, a lot of times someone working in an organization will complain and say, oh, my leader doesn't let me do this, or my organization is this. Well, you're making the choice to make the most, most of your situation or not. As an entrepreneur, ah, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I should keep doing this. I, I don't know if I, maybe I should give up. It's too hard. Okay. Why? Why is it too hard? Is that really what you want to do? Or is it because maybe there's pressure from the people around you saying that maybe you should be doing something else? Or maybe you get a negative comment online, so you start to doubt yourself. It's letting go of all the external reasons and excuses that are influencing your behavior and choosing to actually be responsible for your own behavior. It's being accountable for everything that happens in your life, for the decisions you make, but also feeling empowered to make those decisions. And so when it comes to leadership, how do you want to show up for yourself? You know, when was a lot, like a lot of times people have worked in an organization and they maybe had one, a one-on-one -on -one with a leader. I'd like to ask, when was the last time you had a one-on-one -on -one with yourself about your career? You sat down, let's imagine that there's perfect mentor leader in front of you, be able to answer all your questions, help all your indecision, get rid of all your stress, what would you talk about? What would the solutions be? And let, let go of all the limitations that you think are there and have that one-on-one -on -one with yourself. I remember personally for me going back to, and I do this often on a small scale, but the, the last time I did a deep dive into exactly that was when, you know, we, we got in Michigan, we got shut down with COVID, you know, and the governor shut us down that day and without any warning. And I remember just sitting there and going, I'm about to embark on this journey with my family to travel the country in an RV. Like now is my time to, to change everything around me. And of course it's a buy-in from, you know, my business partner and everything else, but it was, it was self-reflecting, really understanding what I wanted to do with this next chapter that was going to benefit the company, myself and, and everybody on my team. And yeah, that was, that was the last time for me. I really sat down and, and really, really focused on that. We often don't. We're so busy that we don't pause and say, what are the real important things that I need to be focused on right now? And if you're an entrepreneur and you do feel stuck, and if you're a professional and you do feel stuck, and you doubt yourself and you feel like you're out of control, you feel like you don't know what's in your control. Then you have some work to do that isn't the work that you're doing. Right. 
You take a step back and you go, great, what are my goals right now? Why do I care about those goals? Where do those goals come from? Once you, def when you actually figure out what the goals are that you want to work on, you have to build a project plan. Like you have a job. Set a date, work backwards from that date. What's the one thing that's going to lead me closer to actually achieving this goal today? And if you have 10 goals, you have too many. Right? I mean, I have, honestly, there's, I have one goal. Get clients. Second goal, serve my clients. So maybe I have two clients. There are two, two goals. <laughs> yeah, 16 clients. <laughs> but you have two goals. And, it, and like those are the things. And if I ask myself, what am I doing right now? Has this proven to me that I'm going to get a client? Has this proven to me that it's going to serve my clients? No. Why am I worrying about it? Mm. And goals will be different for different people. But very often we think we have to do so many things when we don't. Yeah. Now we have to make sure that what our, our, that our efforts align with who we are at our core, that we're doing things that matter to us, our values and a little bit of a values geek and leverage our strengths because if they don't leverage our strengths or skills, we're not going to be confident and help us feel like we're making progress and then we're learning something and feel a little bit challenged. And that's just the first piece. That's just clarity. There's some other things that hold us back, such as self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and an environment that is negative. And too often I see entrepreneurs that still have maybe that abusive relationship or that business partner that's not doing any work, or they maybe just spend way too much time at events and around people that aren't the same as them in terms yeah. of what they're trying to work on, what they're trying to achieve. Think about like your, your self-leadership is like a battery. And if you're doing things that drain that battery, you're not actually leading yourself. So what do we do? What do, how do we get that clarity? Yeah, so we can do a lot of different things for the clarity piece. I actually, I think I just walked through kind of to, to analyze your goals, make sure that you understand and define that those goals are created because there's a reason behind them that you can actually care about. Break down those goals into monthly and weekly and daily to-dos that truly matter. There's a great book, I believe, called The One Thing that goes through like the 411, which is a breakdown of how to actually figure out what you need to focus on for your day and for your week and for your month and for your year. But you, if you have any, any experience in working for an organization, you're just basically moving backwards from a timeline and saying what would have to happen for me to actually reach this goal. And then what would have to happen for me to reach that goal? And what would have to happen for me to reach that goal? And you want to make sure that you prioritize those goals as most important, as I said, yeah. me personally, am I going to get clients? Great. That's number one. The other clarity piece is just making sure that you're focused on something that matters to you, because if you are focused on something that matters to you, then you'll have motivation to start working towards it, as well as you'll be able to walk into a room and talk about what matters to you and not worry as much about what other people think of you, which is as an entrepreneur, as I honestly, as a professional, that's huge. It's a huge part of your executive presence when you're in a room. If you're not worried about what other people, how other people reacting or what they're thinking, and more so just in the room to share the things that you actually care about. That clarity comes from sitting back and just doing a lot of introspection around, you know, what are the things that create joy? What are the memories where you've been the happiest? What are the challenges that you want to face in the future? What are you really interested in? What brings out the curiosity in you? What are the things that you actually enjoy working on? What are your strengths? Right? As I mentioned before, when I look back at my strengths when I was a professional, 
coaching shined out like a light and you can apply coaching in a variety of different ways, but also understand your strengths and then, you know, explore. And a lot of people don't do this. Explore the times of your life where you are at your worst. Yeah. Because the times when you're in your life at your worst highlight things that you don't want in your life. And that's okay. That's your choice. Totally on you, right? Accept it. And take all that information and then start writing phrases about who you are. Like if I you know, asked you to write your bio or your pitch for you, who are you? I, you know, I am XYZ. This is who I am. Or you can even write a letter from your future self to your present self to say, I'm so proud. Sorry, you can write a letter from your present self, from your future self to the who you are today saying, you know, I'm so proud of who you've become and then write what that is. What you're trying to do is get, get an idea of who you are at your core so that you can have faith and trust and believe in who you actually are. So let's talk about from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you've got a business and you do this self-clarity check and your belief of, of who you want to become doesn't align with your current path right now. It doesn't align with your business partner. It doesn't align with your team. It doesn't align with your mission. Now what? It depends what else is going on. So do I have a safety net? Do I have another job? Do I have some financial security? Do I have another source of income in the family? Or is this, this job the only thing that's my saving grace right now? And so building on that, let's say you do have a safety net. Let's say actually you don't have a safety net. You need to build one. Right. I think some people want to flick the switch and have a completely different life the next day. And I'd say, well, let's, let's create options if you don't like your current option. And so that can be anything. It could be applying for a job. It could be getting another job. It could be uh, building, you know, doubling down in the business for a moment and saving as much as you can. Yeah. It could be pulling out some investments or actually it could just be noticing like, I'll be okay, which is a lot of, most of the time, that's what a lot of my clients go through because of their professional success. It's accepting the fact I will be okay. Great. So now that we have some safety, you can explore the things you don't like. Because if you believe you are safe, you can look at things with a much more critical and strategic mindset. And then you would have to explore, okay, this business partnership, what sort of conflict mediation? Can I even salvage this? Do I want to salvage this? What am I unhappy with? What's preventing me from sharing this with them? How do we potentially fix this relationship? Can we fix this relationship? Do I just ultimately hate this person and want to exit out? Great. What are the options that I have to exiting out? And so we're going through basically just simple problem solving. Yeah. We are all capable of it. We just forget that we're capable of it in certain areas of our life because we're activated in this like anxiety mindset and this mindset of self-doubt. And so we're not able to apply logic and problem solving to situations that could be solved with our own level of intellect and capability. That's, that's huge. Unfortunately, we're, uh, our time is coming to an end here, which it bums me out. Cause I think we could talk about this for a lot longer and, and add a ton of value. Uh, let the remote start nation know where they can find you. Yeah. I said LinkedIn already find Dr. Benjamin Ritter on LinkedIn, send me a message. I'd love to hear the one thing that you're pulling from this that is helping you out or a question that you had. So send that in a message. I'll read and respond to everything. It's nobody else. 
And if you want to learn more about Live For Yourself Consulting, go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com. Check that out. You know, I, I mentioned I'll be the one reading the messages, and I, I just have to say it because too many entrepreneurs and business professionals look at these influencers online, people that have built businesses over the years, and you don't even know their backstory, but and you don't even know how they're doing, but supposedly they have this online influence and they're crushing it. And you go, man, I'm not crushing it. Who am I? I'm not good enough. Look at all these likes. Look at all these hearts. Look at all these comments. I'll tell you, you can buy likes and comments. And most of the time, the person posting isn't the person posting. They hired someone for five bucks an hour, potentially. And so all the things you see outside of your own self, you don't really know anything about them. So please, 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 when you compare yourself to others, you really need to say, okay, hold on, the only person I need to compare myself is to the person I was yesterday. And am I leading myself in a way that I can be proud of? If not, do some of this work on self-leadership. Send me a message. But if you take one step forward, even if that steps backwards, and you're learning from it, you're making progress, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. I always end the show with what's one final point that you want the remote start nation to take with them today. And I think you just hit on that, man. I feel like that's, that was so strong. I'm taking it. I'm going with it. <laughs> so everyone rewind, listen to that again. That's the end. That's the end. Well, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for joining us today, man. I, I appreciate your time. And, and honestly, the conversation was incredible and, and, and thank you. Thank you so much for, for being a part of the remote start nation. Been a pleasure. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Well, remote start nation from the bottom of my heart. I want to thank you all for joining me on this journey as we help to start a business, grow your brand, and create your desired lifestyle. Remember, leave a comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share this episode with your community who you think could learn from what you heard here today. So until next time, go start something, start it today, and go build the lifestyle you desire by taking action. Well, we've come to the end of another episode. I want to thank you for allowing me to share my passion of bringing people together through business and branding in hopes to connect you with your community. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Woodward Movement, the leader in brand identity, branded merchandise, and brand delivery. Check out our remotestartpodcast.com for more episodes and our social channels to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover our fantastic free resources to help you build a strong community for your business. I'm Jim Doyon. Thank you for connecting.